Hey, how you doing? It's Monday, October 25th, 2021. Monday, October 25th, 2021. Uh, the bomb cyclone in um, uh, San Francisco and uh, Sacramento area. Uh, another indication of global warming. Uh, too much moisture in the atmosphere. Uh, a huge drop in the millibar down to like, uh, well, I don't remember where it went down to. Um and record rainfall they've never had before. Um, yeah, it, uh, it was pretty bad up there. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast. I'll show up right at the top of the search. I so appreciate you coming every day. It's really nice of you. And, you know, I'm sure one or two of you um, uh, got uh, somebody to come along with you this weekend. That was really nice of you. I appreciate it. And if you can, bring someone with you today or tomorrow and tweet to me. Questions or insights or fights at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Come fight with me. I'll take, I can take it. Um, will lawsuits from families of uh, suicidal children be next? I'm wondering. Internal documents dubbed the Facebook Papers were published widely today by an international consortium of news outlets that jointly obtained the redacted materials recently made available uh, to the U.S. Congress by company whistleblower Francis Hogan. Uh, the papers were shared among 17 U.S. outlets as well as a separate group of news agencies in Europe. With all the journalists involved sharing the same publication date, but performing their own reporting based on the documents. Thousands of pages of leaked documents paint a damaging picture of Facebook, a company that prioritizes growth over the safety of its users. Uh, With Hogan set to testify uh, uh, before the uh, UK Parliament today, activists in London, uh, she's testifying right now, uh, activists in London uh, stage protest against Facebook and Zuckerberg, making clear that the giant social media company should be seen as a global problem. The Zuck refused to testify in the UK and probably a good idea to lay, for him to lay low for a while, I would guess. <clears throat> uh, Haugen told The Guardian in an interview ahead of, the testi- uh, of her testimony, right now, Mark meaning Zuckerberg. Uh, Right now, Mark is unaccountable. He has all the control, he has no oversight, and he has not demonstrated that he is willing to govern the company at the level that is necessary for public safety. Them's damning words. The problem is, as we've discussed many times, you and I, we've talked about this, that corporate laws not only allow but it is required by law to profit over the people. It's required by law. Remember, Dodge v. Uh, uh, Ford. Facebook shares seem to be faltering, by the way. So now that I have your attention, let's try and fix the world. After weeks and weeks and months of infighting between moderate and progressive Democrats and Biden's agenda, uh, several brushes with extinction, the president's, uh, I guess, double play of social spending and bipartisan infrastructure program may finally come to fruition this week. We'll see. 
Uh, Democrats hope to agree on a framework on a trimmed down package of social health care and education programs in order to lift a House progressive blockade on a vote on the bipartisan bill fixing roads, bridges, and railroads. Uh, a, a Democratic uh, source told uh, Manu Raju of CNN, the, the goal is now for the House to have a vote on the infrastructure package on Wednesday or Thursday and send it to Biden's desk. The exact content of the final social spending bill is not yet known since negotiations are pairing back a more ambitious program to win moderate votes <clears throat> have been taking place behind closed doors. Uh, but Democrats still appear to be uh, determined to free, uh, provide free, um, free kindergarten education, an extension of Medicare, uh, home care for seniors, and more affordable child care. Another uncertainty is the way the final package will play with the most progressive members of the House who had wanted a much larger spending blueprint and had held up the infrastructure bill as a result in prolonged standoffs with the Democratic Party. If Democrats finally agree on the makeup of the, of the two bills and Biden manages to include billions of dollars in funding to slow global warming, he will get a huge boost on a foreign uh, trip beginning Thursday that includes the G20 summit in Rome and the uh, United Nations Climate Summit in Scotland, you know, the uh, um, COP26. Uh, a strong environmental component of the bill is crucial to Biden's credibility as he seeks to put the U.S. back in the front of the global campaign to save the planet, one of his top foreign policy goals, and would put pressure on other top polluting nations to follow suit. China, who is increasing their coal, by the way, uh, their coal usage this year. Um, but Joe Manchin from coal-producing West Virginia derailed a $150 billion incentive scheme designed to wean utilities onto renewable forms of electricity generation, and Democrats are struggling to come up with a re with replacement provision. And, and I keep saying, how many times have I said this? Put some renewable energy in West Virginia, some sort of an infrastructure for, for, for Joe Manchin so people can have jobs. I don't know. Building panels, doing anything, put some manufacturing there so people can get work. I mean, I understand Joe Manchin fighting this because he can't lose jobs. Just give him the jobs. Come on. Uh, and make a deal with a company to move to West Virginia to provide jobs. Biden hosted Manchin at his home in Wilmington, Delaware on Sunday. The, the White House said the two, uh, you know, longstanding friends were, were joined at a breakfast meeting by Democratic Senate uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and continued to make progress over the weekend. <clears throat> the social care package is expected to be far smaller than the previous three and a half trillion dollars uh, proposal over 10 years and the uh, six trillion uh, top line number uh, originally called for by uh, Sanders. Uh, who chairs the Senate Budget Committee? He could he could push it through, not not without Manchin, of course. <sighs> so, um, sources told C uh, CNN Sunday that Manchin was on board for 1.75 trillion. That piece of crap. We got to get him out of office along with Cinema, right? Uh, the shrinking bill 
means a number of popular proposals the Biden campaigned on will be whittled away. Uh, honestly, we, we can't be whittling this stuff away. What we need to do is we can shorten it to five years. Maybe, maybe that would do it. Anyway, uh, all that's going to be whittled away, including free community college, which is really painful for Biden since Joe Biden has been working for that. Uh, but as Biden explained to uh, uh, in a CNN town hall, that town hall he did on Thursday evening, uh, compromises must be uh, uh, made to pass the measure, even if there is not sufficient support among Democrats <coughs> for all the you know cherished programs. Uh, even so, the passage of several huge infrastructure and social care bills would secure one of the most significant legislative legacies of any modern president. Uh, since FDR. The programs could fulfill Biden's goal of using government power to tilt the balance of the economy back to working people, which have been uh, uh, waning since 1972. 1972 was peak wages in the United States. It's been going down ever since. This is proven time and time again. Original plans included, and of course, Reagan. Reagan was was huge in causing this. Reagan was was just destroyed the planet and the United States. Original plans included uh, funding for home care for sick and elderly, elderly Americans, paid family leaves, free pre-kindergarten schooling, and a flurry of other programs Democrats say will create jobs. Passing any large bill in an era when the country is bitterly polarized and operates on the basis of typically small congressional majorities is kind of unusual. Uh, yet Biden could walk away with nearly $3 trillion in infrastructure and social spending bills on top of an uh, earlier $1.9 trillion COVID-19 rescue bill. It would also allow him to argue to Americans that he and his party have made good on their campaign promises and leverage a moment in Washington, in Washington where they can make a significant political change. Maybe Biden has taken a, a toll on his uh, approval ratings. They've really dropped a little bit. Uh, not not as bad as Trump's true approval ratings, though. Um, that is one of a number of factors that suggest that even if he passes a multi-trillion dollar agenda, any political payoff may not arrive in time to save Democrats who are facing treacherous midterm elections next year, not to mention a tight Virginia governor's race in just over a week uh, in Virginia. The legislative victory might give Virginia uh, a Democrat, uh, Democrat uh, Terry McAuliffe uh, a bit of a boost in his gubernatorial campaign, which has been hit by, you know, uh, progressive voters are just are lacking. It's kind of lackluster, their support. Uh, and, and the election is November 2nd. So we'll see what happens. <clears throat> Moving on. Uh, this is stunning. Uh, a new report says tr uh, Trump, uh, uh, pro-Trump rally organizers uh, regularly met with Republican members of Congress. For the January 6th insurrection, they met with uh, Republican members of Congress or their top staff in the weeks leading up to the insurrection. Not just meeting with them, there were promises made 
Two protest organizers who were not named because they are cooperating with the House Select Committee's investigation into the insurrection told Rolling Stone on Sunday that a, a dozen GOP lawmakers or their teams were involved in planning briefings and objecting uh, about objecting to the certification of President Joe Biden's election victory over uh, Trump. Uh, those named include, listen to the list, <clears throat> Representative Paul Gozar, Representative Andy Biggs, both of Arizona, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado, Representative Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina, Representative Louie Gohmert of Texas, Representative Mo Brooks of Alabama. So, I gotta ask, <clears throat> is this treason? Gozar allegedly offered organizers the possibility of blanket pardon, of a blanket pardon, if they helped plan the rallies, and that's according to Rolling, Rolling Stone. I mean, this is planning an insurrection and promising that they'll get off for it. Is, is, that, is that not treason? Gosar. A big, I mean, this, if he planned, if this is after the election, when Joe Biden was, was the winner, and he's saying, hey, let's overturn the election, if you overturn the election, the only way he can get a blanket, um, a, a, a blanket pardon is if they overturn the election. That's the only way it can happen. So is this actually treason? Gozar, Biggs, and Brooks were previously named by Stop the Steal organizer Ali Alexander as helping to organize a rally on January 6th. According to Business Insider, Biggs and Brooks have denied those claims. Uh, according to AL.com, Brooks spoke at the January 6th rally near the U.S. Capitol while wearing body armor and has been sued for allegedly planning, uh, helping to plan the insurrection. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I consider it treason, personally. Promising a blanket pardon if they overturn the election? I mean, it's not actually overturning the election, but... What other reason, how else would they be able to have a blanket pardon unless that was the goal? I mean, you don't use the words, but the only way you can get a blanket pardon is from Trump. And that's if an insurrection was successful. It's got to be treason. Moving on. Uh, again, it happened. The U.S. Supreme Court once again refused to block the uh, Texas abortion ban on Friday. And we, and we talked about how the court is hemmed in with the uh, Texas law because of the way it's written. I just don't believe the challenges are being properly made. But, you know, I'm not a, an attorney. One thing is the justices agreed to hear arguments against the recently enacted law on an accelerated timeline. That's one thing. Uh, the high court is now set to hear a pair of challenges to the Texas Senate bill, United States versus Texas, filed by the U.S. Department of Justice, and Whole Woman's Health versus Jackson, filed by the uh, by healthcare providers and abortion funds on uh, November first. Uh, the plaintiffs in the case are also represented by Planned Parenthood, Federation of America. 
uh, the, lawyer, the Lawyering Project, Morrison and Forrester LLP, and both the National and Texas a- ACLU. Uh, the New York Times reported that the justices will weigh in on questions in the U.S. government's appeal, uh, which is uh, the appeal is, uh, statement is, may the United States bring suit in federal court and obtain injunctive or declaratory relief against the state, state court judges, state court cur- clerks, other state officials, or all private parties to prohibit SB 8 from being enforced. Now, the wording on that is very specific. And the issue is that since Texas isn't enforcing the law, citizens lack a place to redress their grievances. Grievances. The, the idea is if there is nowhere to go, then the federal government would have to step in. Otherwise, citizens have no path for challenge. That's basically it. If this law passes, you could pass any law and do the same thing. Privatize, and this is this would privatize government. Again, you can't privatize government like this. It's very dangerous precedent. The Supreme Court cannot let this, this uh, 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 stand because its standing would change future laws forever. Moving on. Uh, the Republican governor of Florida, uh, the uh, uh, little shit, Ron DeSantis, uh, plans to offer $5,000 bonuses to lure police officers from other states who resist, uh, uh, from other states if those police uh, officers have resisted vaccine mandates. DeSantis told Fox News, we're act- actually actively working to recruit out-of-state law enforcement uh, we uh, do have needs in our police and our sheriff's departments. So in the next legislative session, I'm going to hopefully sign legislation that gives $5,000 bonus to any out-of-state law enforcement that relocates to Florida. Uh, NYP, uh, NYPD, uh, Minneapolis, Seattle, uh, if you're not being uh, treated well, we will treat you better here. You can fill important needs with us and we will compensate you as a result. But honestly, this is more proof that Republicans are out of, out of touch. He's so out of touch. A $5,000? Really? A move can easily cost $20,000 easily nowadays which would be a net loss of 15000 if they moved to Florida. So what exactly are you saying? Are you saying that the police, you just don't want to uh, pay them what they're worth? Is that what you're saying, DeSantis? <laughs> oh, moving on. The World Meteorological Organization reported Monday that greenhouse gas concentrations hit a new record high last year and increased at a faster rate than the annual average for the last decade, despite a temporary reduction during pandemic-related lockdowns. In its annual report on heat-trapping gases in the atmosphere, the UN Weather Agency also pointed to signs of a worrying new development, uh, which is what we talked about uh, a few weeks ago. Parts of the uh, Amazon uh, rainforest have gone from being a carbon sink which sucks carbon from the air to a source of CO2 due to uh, um, deforestation and reduced humidity in the region. 
According to the above, um, to the uh, report, concentrations of carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide were all above levels in the uh, pre-industrial era before 1750, when uh, human activities started disrupting Earth's natural equilibrium. A World Meteorological Organization Secretary General Pateri Talas said of his agency's report, the greenhouse gas bulletin contains a stark scientific message for climate change negotiators at COP26. At the current rate of increase in greenhouse gas concentrations, we will see a temperature increase by the end of the century far in excess of the Paris Agreement targets of 1.5 to 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels, which is what we said, you and I said, weeks ago. We talked exactly about this, that we are on a runaway train right now. He added, we are way off track. The report draws on information collected by a network that monitors the amount of greenhouse gases that remain in the atmosphere after some quantities are absorbed by the oceans and the biosphere, which is like what used to be the Amazon, the biosphere. There was a paper I, I read a while back that said if, I mean, this is how much the ocean uh, plays in cooling the planet. It's huge. If the ocean had not been there to absorb all the CO2 all this time, average Earth surface temperature would be around 200 degrees. 200 degrees. That is our future once our oceans reach carbon saturation. Not to mention the die massive die-off of most of the food that the population eats, fish. It happens one way or another. Another animal eats a fish, we eat that animal. If the fish isn't available for that animal, we don't eat that animal. So, we're going to die off anyway. The global average of carbon dioxide concentrations hit a new high of 413.2 uh, parts per million last year, according to the WMO report. Uh, WMO, uh, by the way, I just want to point out that, uh, what is it? Is it is it one part? Or 10 parts? 10 parts? 10 parts per, per million of... Um, Carbon monoxide is enough to kill a person. <laughs> uh, the uh, WMO said the 2020 increase was higher than the annual average over the last decade, despite a 5.6% drop in carbon dioxide emissions from fossil fuels due to COVID-19 uh, restrictions. Uh, Talis said a level above 400 parts per million, which was breached in two, uh, 2015, has major negative repercussions for our daily lives as well as being uh, and well-being uh, for the state, our planet, and for the future of our children and grandchildren. And of course, I agree 100% with them. We need to be doing a lot more. We need to get rid of Joe Manchin. We need to stop uh, uh, mining coal. We need to stop uh, uh, in China. China is a big problem. Thursday, a federal judge rejected Biden's request to temporarily keep in place a Trump-era Clean Water Act rule that one attorney said would have devastated states' ability to manage their rivers. 
Judge William H. Alsop of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California in San Francisco threw out a June 2020 Environmental Protection Agency rule changing the Clean Water Act Sections 401 certification process to allow federal agencies to approve large projects, including fossil fuel pipelines, hydroelectric dams, industrial plants, wetland development, and municipal facilities against the wishes of states and Native American tribes. In July 2020, and by the way, California has a uh, hydroelectric problem right now, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going to get better. So we're going to be losing power. We're going to be losing water. In July 2020, 20 states and the District of Columbia sued the Trump administration over the rule change. That September, indigenous tribes and uh Uh, Green groups also filed suit against the administration, claiming the new rule would jeopardize tribal and state efforts to protect their water quality. The Biden administration in July asked the California federal court to keep Trump's controversial rule in place until 2023, pending revision. Judge Alsup found that the plaintiffs have established that significant environmental harms will likely transpire if he granted the administration's request. And he's and he's right, because who knows what happens in the 2022 election? Biden could lose all his power. Right. Uh, Alsop's ruling restores the broad authority of the states and tribes to halt such projects and alternatively to impose conditions on them and restores opportunities for robust public participation in permit decisions. Huge deal for Tesla. Right. And a a huge deal for normalizing electric cars hurts. We tried harder because we're, we're, we're number two. So we try harder. That was their old, uh, their their old ad campaign. Hertz tries harder and just ordered 100,000 Teslas in a deal worth $4.2 billion. Uh, Tesla shares jumped 7%. Uh, the cars are slated for delivery within the next 14 months and will be available to customers in the U.S. and parts of Europe as early as November. The deal comes more than a year after Hertz filed for uh, bankruptcy uh, protection during the height of the pandemic as demand for travel and rental vehicles waned. Uh, Hertz, along with other car companies, were being killed, not not just by... Uh, um, the normal uh, lack of people wanting to rent cars, but by um, apps taking over, like uh, the app Turo, which you can you can rent a car from a private individual, sort of like uh, uh, it, it it's like uh, Uber for um, uh, car rentals, right? So they dumped all their cars. They had to sell them off, just like many of the agencies. And that's why there's such a shortage. You know, in Hawaii, uh, people visiting Hawaii could not get a rental car to save their life. They were renting U-Hauls to drive around the island. <laughs> um, moving on. Oh, man, I got to tell you. This is a tough one. Uh, today is a is a really sad day for me. Uh, I did lose a friend yesterday. Uh, we used to talk all the time, but less over the years. Actually, uh, I, I haven't called Mike Tyler in a couple of years. Nice guy. Nicest guy in the world. 
Uh, his professional name was James Michael Tyler. You don't recognize that name, but you know who he is. Uh, believe it or not, <clears throat> I met him uh, when he was working in a coffee shop. I'm not going to tell you the name of the coffee shop because I don't want to promote them. Um, who was James Michael Tyler, you ask? You know him. <clears throat> you know him as Gunther, the guy who worked at Central Perk, who was in love with Rachel. Yes, the seventh friend on Friends, James Michael Tyler, uh, Gunther. So yes, he really worked in a coffee shop. Uh, the story goes that someone saw him in a coffee shop, a, uh, a casting director saw him in a coffee shop and wanted him to play a, a, a barista on Friends in the coffee shop. But that's not what really happened. I mean, I think even the professional story is that, that he worked in a coffee shop, so they wanted him to work behind the bar. They, they hired him specifically. Truth is, he was just a regular background actor. He was uh, playing a background actor on the first day of shooting, and they were just placing extras. It went something like this. You, over there, stand uh, next to the door and drink this cup of coffee. Uh, you uh, sit over there in the corner. Um, you sit down and talk to that pretty girl and drink this uh, cappuccino. And you, the guy with the funny hair, get behind the bar. That's what happened. That's how he got his job. They just added the character a little later. While on Friends, Mike kept his job at the coffee shop until about season three. And even after he no longer worked there, he hung out there all the time. People would walk into the coffee shop when he was working there and he goes, and they would say, hey, aren't you that guy from Friends? And he goes, oh, if I was working on Friends, would I be working here? Come on. <laughs> He'd say that. When I used to drive tours in Hollywood, this was after he left the coffee shop, I knew he would be out front of the coffee shop half the time on the phone. Uh, he's always on the always on the phone, you know, talking to people, trying to get uh, acting work and theater work and so on and so forth. I would tell his story on, on the tour. I would tell his story about how he got the job and uh, show tourists the coffee shop. I'd drive by it and say, and that's the coffee shop that he worked at. Then when they saw him out there on his phone, they would go crazy. And I would say, ladies and gentlemen, James Michael Tyler, he's right there on the phone. And they'd go nuts. <laughs> then when I saw him at the coffee shop, he told me how much fun it was seeing the tourists. He was waving to them and stuff like that. Such a good person who we lost way too soon. James Michael Tyler was only 59 and he died of prostate cancer, just like my dad did. So um, September was Prostate uh, Cancer Awareness Month. I had the simple blood test. Did you have yours? How about your husband? Did he? have his. So let's uh, take care of it. Make sure you're safe. <sighs> Guys, thank you so much for coming in today. I truly appreciate it. Um, thanks for listening. A, a little bit, a little bit long, 42 minutes. 
Monday, October 25th, 2021, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. I truly appreciate you coming every day. Uh, bring someone with you today or tomorrow and tweet to me questions, insights, or fights at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence reporting from Los Angeles. Thank you.